Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Stephen Curry dribbling on Clark. Handoff, Draymond comes down, lob inside, dunk for Kaminga. This threw it down hard. Now back to 95-7, the game. Will it be that easy today? Word is that Steven Adams will be in attendance and available for the Memphis Grizz. Does that mean you're not going to be able to get to the cup quite as uh, easily as the Warriors have been able to? Hour number two, we keep it rolling and we keep it real with Golden State Warriors talk pretty much the rest of the way. Alan Stiles, the future of sports talk radio, and me, Jim Cozumore, together with you until 4 o'clock, and that's when our official Warriors coverage begins. This is the unofficial version, so we're going to let it fly, Al. I'm ready to let it fly right now, but let's start with that. We just heard the highlight from the great Tim Roy. Does a great job calling the game. You're going to call the game here, game number three, a little bit later on tonight. But are the Warriors going to have as easy a time getting to the cup? Well, I just think that if they couldn't play Steven Adams, they as in the Grizzlies, couldn't play Steven Adams against the Timberwolves because he was just getting toasted and they were just putting him into, into action. I know Anthony Edwards is extremely quick. Besides Anthony Edwards, you have D'Lo and, and, and the guards that they have. If they couldn't keep Steven Adams on the floor against the the T-Wolves, I don't think that they're going to be able to keep him on the floor against the Warriors. They're going to put him in action. He, he's going to have flashbacks of his Oklahoma City days when he was on the Thunder having to do the same thing. And now you got Jordan Poole to throw in the mix too. So I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. I think they probably want him just for some size and they've been struggling re- rebounding wise a, a bit surprisingly so because the Warriors aren't necessarily known for the rebounding to put it nicely, but they'll, they'll have him in for a bit. I just think that he's going to get put into too much action. Uh, he has the same issues as Rudy Gobert does, and he's not as good defensively as Rudy Gobert. So I think it, it, they want another option to have, but when that fast five gets out there, they're, you know, unless they're just ice cold, like they were last game, he's going to get toasted over and over again. I think nationally, the Warriors are no longer the huggable, squeezable, lovable kids that they were when they started their run. This is right after Mark Jackson ends up uh, finishing up his reign with the Warriors. Steve Kerr takes over. Warriors are trying to get up that hump, start to get over that hump. Likeable Steph Curry is the face of the franchise. They got a bunch of other guys that seem to just be fun, and everyone wraps their arms around them. Now as this team is maybe in another realm of and a different version of a team that can make a run, I'm not sure they're as lovable. And we understand most likely you would say, if you ask general NBA fan who's the, the, I don't know, who's the bad guy? And I don't mean that in he's a bad guy as much as who do fans say? Who's the villain Mm. of the Golden State Warriors? Isn't it pretty safe to say Draymond's the villain? He's easily the villain, and it's funny because some people think that I don't. Some people think the Grizzlies are the villain because they're the new ones. Draymond is the villain. He he is the villain. There in all of the NBA, you could make the argument. They wanted to talk about Trey Young because of what he did in New York, and I'm not you know last last season, and I'm not even saying that that wasn't as big of a deal. But Draymond, I mean, if if not a villain, the most polarizing person in the NBA, and I don't even know if it's close. I don't even know if it's close. But, yeah, I, he's definitely got the villain. And he, you know what? He was the villain 
even when they were young. I think nobody nobody liked Draymond Green. They didn't like the way, you know, he he played, the way he talked to the refs a lot. And, you know, then offensively, well, he doesn't do anything anyway. That's always the take. And I feel like ultimately the Warriors were only the darlings. You're only the darlings until you're on top. So I think what happened to the Warriors is they went in 2014 or they went in, yeah, 2014, 2015 darlings. That was great because everybody was tired of LeBron. Then they, I think everybody was still rooting for the Warriors to win when they, you know, had the best, maybe not some of the OGs that, that want the, the Bulls to have the best record ever, but everybody wanted the Warriors to beat LeBron again because you still had that LeBron fatigue. Mm-hmm. Once they got Kevin Durant, it, it, you are no longer anybody's darling. We, we can't right. stand you. And even after KD left, I think that's when everybody flipped. What you hear from non-Warriors fans is, I can't stand the Warriors, but... I do like Clay. That's what every war. That's what every non Warriors fan says. <laughs> until until he uh, has that tough stretch of shooting and he's handling the ball too much. And a lot of guys, including my good buddy uh, Butcher Boy, said you got to come bring him off the bench. You got to bring him off the bench. Yes. Crying out loud. Right. Well, and I have I do have something to say about that because everybody that gets up in arms whenever you talk about well, let's bring Clay off the bench. I'm not saying to go that extreme, but the idea that you know. So after Game Two, we sat there and we said Clay played pretty terribly right bad shot selection couldn't hit anything and twitter was going nuts so then you have the people defending clay like well don't forget he 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 had the game winner in game one don't forget he blocked john morant nobody forgot that nobody forgot that but we have to keep these guys accountable and we 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 are allowed to have opinions just because we're holding clay's feet to the fire because he had an awful game and the warriors had an opportunity to to go up 2-0 that doesn't mean we forgot what he did but this is the playoffs and this isn't just a regular season game where you just bounce bounce back they could be up 2-0 and it's not all clay's fault nobody could hit a shot right but the, i i just don't like how people feel that they have to defend clay Every, nobody should be above you know, and we understand Clay's ahead of schedule. We understand that he's coming back from two catastrophic injuries. We understand all of that, but we are we still have to talk about the playoffs right now. And he's on the court. So if you're on the court, we have to measure you the same way. When you, you know, Jim, I don't know if you knew this, but I, I you know, I go to the YMCA in Barcadero and I get down a little bit with my lefty layups. And if somebody <laughs> comes out there that's not a hundred percent. What do you do? You not go after them? No, because there's a five game wait, and I don't want to get home at 10 p.m. I'm going to go after them. So that's just what it is. There is nobody out there that doesn't number one appreciate what Clay is doing, and number two appreciate what he has done for this organization. But we have to talk in the here and now. All right, we want to get back to villains here. The villain of the Golden State Warriors is Draymond Green. Not sure yet who I'm focused in on on the villain on the Memphis Grizzlies, but a great job by the 510 mm-hmm. on the Xfinity mobile text line at 888-957-9570. Draymond's reputation got a flagrant foul upgraded to a flagrant two, causing his ejection, which I feel set in motion the Grizzlies' flagrant foul and injury to Gary Payton. Uh, then having Payton not there to guard Morant, if you have that going on, maybe the Warriors win game two as well. I'm not sure the Warriors didn't play better in game one after Draymond's exit without multiple turnovers from bad passes. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, there's an interesting he, point there. He, 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 Draymond has not played well. He didn't obviously got ejected, and before that, he already had five turnovers in game one. And game two, after he got his eye messed up, he didn't play particularly well either. We know they had 18 turnovers, and he definitely was a part of that. And I know you want to get back into the villain aspect of this. I know Brian has something to say. Me personally, quickly – I do think it's got to – I know the easy answer is Dylan Brooks, but I would go Ja Moran. I think that uh, if you go on the Twitterverse, there are people that do think he is acting a little bit 
uh, too big for his britches already. But, Brian, what do you got for us? Alan, Alan, it's not Dylan Brooks. It's Villain Brooks. Come on, now we've got to play into it. Go. He, you, you like that one. Look, he was so happy. He's so happy to get that one in. That, that, that's the answer, right? That is the answer. And he's been the villain even before the whack heard all around the world. Because he was sitting there talking about a dynasty. Dude, you, you, this was the first, at that point, you hadn't gotten out of the first round before. So you're talking about a dynasty. He, they're still mad, Coase. They are still mad at Andre Iguodala. Get over it. You didn't even make the playoffs that year. <laughs> and he went to the finals. How are you still upset about this? Please get over it. I don't know. I think they got a case on that one. Uh, listen, let's listen to Draymond Green in his own words. Because I love Draymond Green, and I think he's his own worst enemy. All right, I, I I think even when he's got me on his side, he does something to get me out of being on his side. Here's here's Draymond from earlier in this series. You're gonna boo somebody who get elbowed in the eye and face running on blood. You should get flipped off. So I'll take the fine. I'll go do an appearance and make up the money. It felt really good to flip him off. You're gonna boo someone that get elbowed in the eye and blood running on your face. I could have had a concussion or anything. So if they're gonna if they're gonna be that nasty, I can be nasty too. And assuming the cheers was because they know I'll get fine. Great. I make $25 million a year. I should be just fine. All right. So I understand his point. Well, they're booing me and I'm injured. Remember the whole thing when they played the Raptors and, and Durant hurt somehow he had hurt. We knew he had hurt his Achilles and the Toronto fans are waving goodbye. And then they were considered bad eggs. Mm-hmm. I didn't think Memphis, maybe because I just get the idea of bad blood between cities and teams when you're playing in the playoffs. And I understand Draymond's argument. Yeah, they were saying, you know what, they're going to boo me. I could have had a concussion. That stinks, so I flipped them off. So I'm starting to get on his side. Then he says, you know what, I'll do an appearance and I'll I'll pay the fine that way. Now he's losing me again. Then he's winning me again by saying, you know what, they can't be booing a guy when he's been uh, injured in the eye and he's bleeding all over. And then he says, hey, I make $25 million a year. I'm going to be fine either way. You know what? Yeah. He's his own worst enemy, Alan. No, I, I hear you on that. And I and I do understand where you're coming from. He, he could have had a concussion, but we've seen way more egregious things. If this guy was getting carried out, right, and clearly it, he is done, done, and the, team, and the fans are cheering – I would put that more egregious than, you know, he was walking. They probably just assumed, yeah, he's bleeding, but he, he's going to be back. And he did come back. That doesn't, that doesn't make it any better, but, it, you know, they didn't have to carry him out of there. But to your point, yeah, he says they were booing me. I could have had a concussion, all this stuff. But then, again, he elevates himself better than the fans and, and takes a, sta- uh, a jab at them by saying, you know, I can – you know, that, that, that money is nothing to me. And we're living in a world right now where money is hard to come by. So when you're in the 1% – like Draymond, and you say something like that, it's not going to resonate well. Uh, but uh, you can make the argument, is it about? Is it a bit of reality of how, you know, uh, I guess fans can get a little crazy, and, and it's, it's not great because the fans do help you get paid that money. So you're, you're, you got to watch what you say. But I, Draymond is going to say what he wants, and, you know, basically to me, it was just a little petty to say because we know you're rich, Draymond. But again, we know you're rich, and that is why fans feel like I can call you whatever I want, which isn't true, but I can call you whatever I want because you're in the 1%. Money solves all. Money is the root of a a ton of problems. So since you make this money and you have this great life, if I want to feel better because of my not-so-great life and and say you stink or whatever, much worse words than that, and you say, hey, well, I make $25 so I don't care, you can't pick and choose when you care, I guess is the whole thing. 
888 It's not only the Xfinity mobile text line, it's also the phone line, and you can join us at any time. Let's get some Dubs phone calls in here. Alan Stiles and Jim Cozumore together with you until 4 o'clock. It's nothing but Dubs all day long here on your proud home of the Golden State Warriors. We'll have the official pregame show at 4. Tim Roy will be on the call starting at 5.30. So this is the only place to go for Dubs, and we know it's a big sports day in Northern California. Hey, you can listen to 95.7 The Game if you're going to see Buster and uh, see what he can do on Buster Day over at the Giants game. That's fantastic. That's what a great Bay Area fan will do. But they'll also make a, a, an effort to give us a phone call at 888 Like Alameda Dave, who always brings something entertaining. Dave and Alameda, welcome to 95.7 The Game. Hey, Coz and Styles, how's it going? Great, Great show. Just sitting here with my mom. And I'll start off with Buster Posey real quick and go to shoot to the Warriors. You know, Buster Posey's career probably would have been a lot better if it wasn't for Scott Cousins. I mean, Scott Cousins. Or if Buster Posey had just thought about, why would I sacrifice my life for, uh, you know, to tag out one runner when I could be making, you know, $30 million a year instead of $22 million a year? But, you know, we can't take that over because Buster got twisted around. He was writhing in pain, scratching at the dirt like an animal. And, uh, you know, these things happen, I guess. You know, kind of like in basketball with GP2, when, when Barnes went up and hit him, kind of very dirty. It's, it's too bad that he hurt his arm. Uh, I think with Steven Adams in the game today, it's going to be uh, – I think the, I actually think the Grizzlies will be more efficient without Barnes in there. He was shooting – he was kind of shooting him out of the gym myself. I think, uh, I think the Warriors today are going to ask themselves, where's our number two pick? You know, Wiseman would have been nice. We could have had LaMelo running with uh, Kaminga, trying to speed up the game. I think Jason Kidd and the Mavericks, if they can win one more game, we're going to have a series with uh, Phoenix, and hopefully they can squeak it out. I hope uh, – I like Curry. He's a great coach, but eventually he'll have to be replaced, and I hope that is – Yeah, he always pushes the line. He does. He always totes the line. But... He's all over the place. <laughs> that dude is weaving, bobbing and weaving. You know what? Uh, like I'll... nobody I know. I'll, I'll give him this. He's consistent. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> this, Always. This ideology that replacing Kerr after this season. No, come on. Come on. Let's... Well, what did we say earlier when we were talking about uh, Barry Bonds? Not the time. Just not the time. Not the time, not the place. <laughs> Although I would say, you know what? When Steve Kerr got hired by the Warriors, I asked um, Joe Lake the question because Steve Kerr's history was he was a TV announcer. Then he was a general manager. Then he was a TV announcer. And he had never done anything for five years. He was like four years doing this, three years doing that, two more years doing this. And I said, you gave him a five-year deal. What makes you think he'll do something for five years? He's never done the same thing for five consecutive years since he's been a player. And they were convinced that he would stay. So I thought it was a legitimate question at the time. But there will be a time when you're going to have to ask, all right, is he going to be like Greg Popovich? and try to hang around as long as he possibly can. Some can argue maybe he's hanging around a little bit too long. Um, or is there a shelf life to what a player will listen to from a coaching staff? Well, and then you have to you know, keep in consideration the health issues that Steve Kerr had. And we thought for a minute, you know, we didn't know what was going on. So that was a real thing 
for sure. But, you know, from a from a health standpoint, if he's healthy and they're still rolling, everything that the Warriors have been saying from Steph to Clay to Draymond, they really do feel like they have a lot of time left with this quote-unquote window and that they can do some things. And you got to expect that with this core, Steve Kerr, unless he wants to go somewhere, is not going anywhere. Now, it could be a situation where – when everybody, when the players ride into the sunset, Steve Kerr does as well. I could see that. But with this core that they currently have, Steve Kerr, he ain't going nowhere. All right. And I think a lot of people would agree on that one. To get back to the villain aspect of this, we know that in game five, when Draymond Green touches the ball, he's going to get booed. Mm-hmm. Is anyone getting booed today? Is it John Moran who dropped 47 and wants to take the mantle from Steph Curry as the next face of a backcourt player in the NBA? Is he the guy who is now trying to to set the Memphis Grizzlies up as the next it team in the NBA? It's hard to be an it team in a small market, but is John Morant doing that for the Grizzlies right now? Is it, it Will it be Dylan Brooks eventually in this series? Will it be Steven Adams when he steps on the floor? Because remember the history that he has with Draymond Green. And Draymond Green was a junk puncher early in his career, right? In the series with Oklahoma City. Right. And so will... Will the crowd? Is there a player that the fans will try to turn on when I'll they you, get to the game? I'll tell you this much: it's probably going to be John Morant, and I would tell mm-hmm. everybody that's going to be in Chase Center. If you're listening right now, you're going to do it anyway. You're not going to listen to me. I would just say this: be careful. There are some players out there that feed off of that, and I would definitely, definitely, definitely put John Morant in that category. Okay, we they talk about poking the bear. He, he might be one of those guys that lives for that. I, you're going to boo him anyway. I get it. You're going to boo everybody, specifically John Morant. You, you boo him at the beginning when, uh, you know, they're announcing the teams. You got to do that. But once he gets that ball in his hands, I'm just thinking he's one of you. We, it's on record, Coast. There are players that actually like playing on the road more because they enjoy shutting fans up. And I, I haven't heard John Morant say that, but he gives me that energy. And I think that's who the Warriors fans are going to boo because he is kind of the default. I mean, you're not going to boo, you know, Zaire Williams, even though he had a great game last year, Stanford's finest. Yep. But you're you're gonna they're gonna boo John Morant, and he might be one of those guys again. Whether he is or not, Ja is going to get at least thirty, and he can get fifty. Right? We we were talking about this earlier. He can get his. The Warriors got to take care of their business. That's the main thing. So Ja could go off for fifty if. He, you shoot 18% from three and turn the ball over 18 times. I'm not sure if you're beating every team that isn't in the playoffs right now. That's just not winning basketball. So regardless of what, and you lose the game by five and Josh scores 47 points. Now I will say we would be, we would be kidding ourselves and fooling ourselves unless Desmond Bain's injury is actually worse than they're letting on. And he's not even on the injury report anymore. He's going to have a good game here. We don't know when, but he's going to. So, Ja might not drop 47, but Desmond Bain is going to do something. And Jaron Jackson Jr. with that ridiculous push shot, hopefully he stays cold, but another six for nine performance. All I'm saying is this. The, the, the Grizzlies can do whatever they want. It all runs through Ja Morant. The Warriors, if they take care of their business, there shouldn't be an issue. But I, I do get worried because there have been stre- streaks in this season where the Warriors went, as I like to say, ice, ice, baby, and they couldn't hit anything. So let's hope this last game was an aberration, Coz. Back to the calls we go at 888 957 
Kevin is in Pleasanton. Kevin wants to talk Warrior basketball here on your proud home of the Golden State Warriors, 95-7 the game. All right, Kevin, what do you see? What's, who are the villains for you? Gentlemen, great show. So I'm going to have a mic drop moment for you. The biggest villain is Bob Myers not Ooh. getting us a big, and we're struggling in the playoffs because we have the best shooters in the NBA, and we're all looking like little kids and a bully trying to get a rebound. And the bully's standing up there keeping away the ball from us. Can you imagine if we had a big right now? Any kind of big. Like a big Any physical kind. big who is a protector. Like for you NHL fans out there, you'd have Gretzky, but he always had a, a thug on his team who was going to protect him. You want someone who the other team knows. Well, isn't Draymond that guy? Isn't Draymond the bad guy? Yeah, but I, I think what's interesting, that statement is, is it just the idea, this whole idea of the big? Because this that's a bit of a throwback take. I haven't heard that take in a while because the Warriors have been out-rebounding the Grizzlies, number one. And number two, the points in the paint, the Warriors almost outscored the Grizzlies points in the paint last game almost by 20 points. Now, that's because they couldn't make a three. But I don't think the – I don't think – the, the rebounding in this game has been an issue, and they haven't really been getting bullied. I mean, if anything, you saw it more in the Denver series than this series so far. That uh, Now, if it's about a rim protector, I don't think there's a rim protector that the Warriors could have gotten without losing somebody that you also like that's going to stop John Morant. There's also not a lot of people in the league, period, that can stop John Morant. That's why nobody wanted him to get that most improved player, and he should have been in the MVP conversation, and that's why he gave – that trophy away to Desmond Bain. And don't get me started on that and how corny I thought that was. So I don't want to hear about, you know, rim protectors because at the end of the day, I don't think there are a lot of people that the Warriors could have picked up that would help them against John Morant. John Morant is doing whatever he wants. What you need to do, once he gets that deep, he's either going to get fouled, he's going to go and one, or he's going to make the shot, or he's going to kick out to one of the three-point shooters. And I don't think a big would really that, – that the Warriors would have deemed available without giving up somebody else that you like. I don't think anybody they could have gotten – what, Boogie? Boogie's not stopping that. You know, so uh, Enos Cantor Freedom's not stopping that. So I, I just don't think there was anybody out there for this situation. And they are out-rebounding the Grizzlies and scoring more points in the paint. Let me ask you something. Ja having the big night, Would you? how much more confident would you be for the Warriors with to have Gary Payton available? Very confident, but let's also say this. What did he have in the first game? 34, 36 points, Ja did. And they were uh, a Ja... Not a bunny, but a jaw layup away from yes, you know, winning that game. So I, we we will miss GP two, but let's not act like Jaw was super stymied. And I know the numbers. I did see the numbers specifically against GP two. Jaw was stymied, but he still got over thirty points. That's and and that is just to give. That is not to say anything about GP two. That's to make Warrior fans feel better. You know, hey, we can we can we can weather this storm either way. Now, yes, he had 47 with no GP2, but that's also because the Warriors didn't throw enough doubles at him at the end of the game. You cannot sit there, let him and, and I'll give you this, Coach. I know we're almost up against it, but this whole idea that you can just leave Ja for a set shot three has been a little bit ridiculous to me because you're leaving him for a set shot three, but he's also still going past you. So you're letting him get comfortable with the three, and, and you're so you're not guarding that, but he's still blowing by you anyway. So just get up a little bit because you can't stop him anyway. It's basically a free throw from the three-point line. I don't understand that, number one. And number two, 
you know, he, he's getting arrests when he does that. He's making first game. He was four of 11. Second game. He was five of 12. So he's pretty much standard there. But again, he's getting rest and, and doing things like that. So I think that's what you got to do. And I know we're up against it. So I'll tease this here. Okay. You got to get him into some action. You saw what the Suns did to Luca in game two. Get that man in some action. We have not seen him guard Jordan Poole or Steph Curry enough. He's just chilling on defense, just getting a, getting a breather, you know? All right, we've got, I'll tell you, we've got so much going on, but we want to get a Grizzlies perspective on this as well. Listen, on the Warriors side, we know what we want to see the Warriors do. We think the Warriors have done a great thing to come back even 1-1. You're going to have a rabid chase center today. But there's one guy who might want to poke the bear a little bit. That's the guy who handles the sideline duties for the Memphis Grizzlies. Rob Fisher does a great job in his uh, hosting pre- and post-game show for the Memphis Grizzlies, working on the sidelines, but also working the Twitter machine. This guy's been busy on the Twitter machine, and he had something to say about the last game where the foul that happened against Peyton and maybe the Warriors entering the floor. We want to ask him about his thoughts on that. That's when we continue. Alan Stiles, Jim Cozumore, and you. Feel free to join us, whether it's the Xfinity mobile text line, 888-957-9570, or you can also do it on the phones, 888-957-9570. Styles and Coz with you until 4. Rob Fisher, Grizz, next on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now back to 95.7 The Game. But I got fooled by the NHL. Because I'm a big fan of the NHL. And I'm ready for my team, the Preds, to take on the Avalanche. They said cover. They said 1:30, so I'm there at 1:30, and uh, it's uh, what like a 35-minute pregame show for crying out loud. I feel like it anywhere. Or did they say one o'clock and then 1:30 they puck drop? I don't know. I've been watching it for a half hour, uh, Styles, and I haven't seen them drop the puck yet. That's all I'm saying. Well, you know what? To that point, I'm going to give everybody a little bit of game here. We had on an aficionado for the Kentucky Derby, and I know everybody's sitting around waiting, curious as to when that's actually going to happen. The word is 3.57 or 3.58 p.m. is when the race will actually happen Pacific oh. time, just to let everybody know out there. Well, this morning they had pre-race coverage going, so uh, <laughs> that's like a 13-hour television day 
So uh, maybe our next guest is used to a 13-hour television day. He does a great job with the pre- and the post-game show on the Grizzlies Networks, and he's also the sideline reporter, and he's sweet with the tweet box. And he's uh, by many – you know what? I'm friends with Eric Hasseltime. I'm, I'm friends with Pete Pranica. But uh, this guy might be Mr. Mr. Grizz, Rob Fisher, joining Alan Stiles and me, Jim Cosimo, on 95.7 The Game. Rob, happy game three day, my friend. Happy game day, happy derby day, happy Preds day. Yeah, it's a big day today. Yeah, it really is. Now, wait, now, so you're back in Memphis, right? You're, you're, you're still there, or did you make your way to Northern California? Yeah, no, we, uh, we're still back in Memphis, uh, unfortunately, this round. Uh, the broadcast, we're not traveling, unable to do the broadcast. Uh, we are still doing a post-game show uh, from FedEx Forum uh, on Valley Sports Southeast. So uh, we'll still have that. And uh, if the Grizzlies are to make it out of this round, we'd be traveling uh, going forward. So uh, unfortunately not able to make this trip because uh, heading to San Francisco is it's probably number one on my list of favorite places to go in the league. Oh, buttering up the locals. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Buttering up the lo- – look at you buttering them up. Just give me a sense for what it's like in Memphis right now, even up at 1-1. Give me the nervousness scale. You guys nervous out there? Or are you still feeling confident? I think feeling pretty confident. I, I think coming into the series, Grizzlies fans really, in, in, because of the quick turnaround and because of the way the Grizzlies were beat up in the last series against Minnesota, I don't think much was expected in game one. In fact, I, I thought the Grizzlies played a lot better in game one than I even expected them to. I mean, heck, they had an opportunity to win the game. Um, so I, I think most people were just like, hey, let's let's – Let's get a split in these first two and then take our chances, go out to Golden State and try and split those two. Grizzlies have had success playing in San Francisco or Oakland even before that. Uh, So they've had some success on the road. They were one of the best road teams in the NBA this year. So I don't think there's any nervousness yet. It's when you get down, you know, down 1-0, there was some nervousness in the building for game two. Uh, If you get down 2-1 to today, there will be a lot more nervousness on Monday. But I think right now everybody still – feels pretty confident about this series. Uh, feel it, I, I at least feel the same way today as I did coming into the series. Yeah, I think that, again, being 1-1, you could make the argument that the Warriors have a little bit of pressure. I mean, home court doesn't necess- necessarily mean an automatic win, and we were talking before the break about villains and, and how some players do like playing on the road. I know John Morant's splits yeah. haven't been outstanding on the road, but the playoffs, and, and he's a gamer, so you never know with him. Speaking of villains, though, Rob, and I know we started out with our pleasantries, you have found yourself <laughs> as the Warriors Twitter villain with what yeah. you had to say, and I'm just going to read it off for you in case you uh in case you maybe don't remember you tweet a lot thinking back on g g2 gp2 and dylan brooks flagrant two warriors players left the bench including jordan Poole, while coaches were actively trying to get them back wonder if that is being looked at we saw jaron jackson jr suspended for the same thing you tagged the knicks you tagged uh, nba pr and you tagged the refs my question to you Okay, because you know what? I, everybody, I like to troll a little bit, too. Were, were sure. you being a bit tongue-in-cheek? Did you think it could actually, you know, catch some steam? What was your thought process there? Were you just trying to – sometimes you just grab a big spoon and decide to stir the pot. What were you, what were you doing there? <laughs> well, I'll say this. First of all, I, I don't think my tweet would make anyone with the referees – our broadcast team has a great relationship with the referees. In mm-hmm. fact, a lot of times when we – uh, when we talk about them on the broadcast, they will text us and tell us, you know, d- rules and 
and, and tell us what the referees were thinking. And uh, we, we have a great relationship with them. So I tag them because a lot of times they'll write back. Mm-hmm. And, I know, and I know the rule is if you leave the bench to join an altercation. My question basically was, what constitutes an altercation? Because right. when, you look at, when you look at the play, um, obviously, if you want to say Dylan Brooks clubbing someone across the skull and them falling to the ground is an altercation, well, okay, guys left the bench. Um, I think the referees ran to the situation fearing an altercation. I think the Golden State coaches held their players back or tried to hold their players back fearing there was an altercation and you didn't want your players to leave the bench. Now, I look at it, and I guess I would say I don't think there was an altercation, but what technically constitutes an altercation? And the players coming off the bench, and I got a lot of response saying the players came off the bench to check on their injured player. That's BS. The players came off the bench because they were pissed off. Uh, they, were, they were pissed at Dylan Brooks for how he handled that situation and took their player out. So that's why they were angry. So are they coming off the bench? Does that provoke an altercation? I just think it was something that needed to be looked at. I didn't expect Jordan Poole to be suspended. I didn't expect them to say – I expected them to say there was no altercation, so there is no suspension. I just thought it was something that needed to be reviewed. I thought it was just a simple question and a simple thing that could be reviewed. And then the backlash I got – No, they, they, I got, yeah, nothing I, simple I, these I, days. Nothing simple I, these I, days. I, I love going to Golden State. I love going to games there. I love, a lot, I love the atmosphere in the building, but, man – my tweet apparently called out all the crazy fans because uh, it's, it's <laughs> no, that's pretty, the regular uh, fan. That's the regular Bay area fan. <laughs> We're all wing nuts out here. Bunch of wing nuts. No, I'm part of the fish nation. Now after that, I got, you know what? I'm with you, Rob, the, the heck with those guys coming off the bench. I think the league should have investigated that way to go, Rob. So I, I agree with you. Stir it up. Yeah, my friend. I, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting because when we watched it live, you know, obviously when it, when an in, it certainly was an incident. I mean, we're looking at semantics here. Incident, uh, a scrum, a hard foul, a flagrant two. Does any of that constitute altercation in the minds of the NBA? Because when we watched it live, I mean, as soon as it happened, I looked and the bench started coming out and the get back coach was late to the party. He got out there late and tried to get pool back and pool kept going. He got all the way out to the basket before they finally got him to go back. So I just thought it was something that needed to be looked at or and i'm sure it was i'm sure it was looked at i'm sure it was reviewed and i'm sure scott foster who was the head referee that night basically said no they were they 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 took a few steps off the bench but there was no altercation so there's no suspension i don't think my tweet woke everybody up and thought huh maybe they should be suspended no i think they're a lot farther along in the process no don't sell yourself short yeah i agree don't sell yourself short don't sell yourself short (laughs) i'm on your team on this to 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 that point though i will say and i'll throw it back to you coach to that point i do think that if jordan Poole or whoever had gotten to dylan brooks even gotten in his face i think now you have an altercation but they just didn't get that far yes correct I, I agree with that. I agree with that. And, and I don't, I'm not surprised. I'm not upset uh, that there was no suspension. I, I, don't, I, I think what most people have uh, responded to me is correct. There was no altercation. Thus, there is no suspension. And I, I think that's, that's pretty fair. Um, but it was the other things that people were saying to me. My goodness, about my family. My family had nothing to do with this. Well, I was going to say, I was going to say every – 
uh, you know, and Coase is kind of saying, you know, the Bay Area wingnuts. Coase, I wouldn't say that because <laughs> Memphis, your fans have been – everybody is a little crazy right now. I think we, we oh, yeah. understand the bad crazies. blood between the Grizzlies and the Warriors. And, you know, we, we, we see all of it. We hear all of it. So I'm not necessarily saying – the Bay Area fans, a Dub Nation, is any different, any better, any worse than the Grizzlies fans? You can find the crazies out there, specifically in the playoffs, specific, even more specifically when you have a bit of this. I guess we're calling it a rivalry now because why not? So you know, it's it's everywhere. Yeah, but I'm sorry. No, it, I'm so, I am sorry if you did have to hear anything. If, whoever yeah, crossed awful. the line, we we, we we never we're never into that. We're just because yeah. they're crazies out there. We don't condone the crazy. It's just. Unfortunately, that's just how some people are. It's called fanatics for a reason, and your your family should never be brought up. But you know, you sound like you got some thick skin, and you got to in this business. But uh, nobody deserves that. No, and, and you know, and I'm sure, I'm sure there are some Grizzlies fans that probably are saying some similar things. I mean, heck, I had Grizzlies fans trying to stick up for me and say we're going after them. I'm like, no, yeah, please don't, don't do that, don't do that. Come on, don't just say, hey, let's enjoy the basketball, let's have fun. Because this is a great series, and nobody wants anybody hurt. And, and, and unfortunately, I think my tweet, it, it, it just rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because they thought I was being insensitive to the injury, and, and certainly not. I mean, that, that's the biggest concern, and, and I feel terrible for the Warriors that they lose a guy. You, ne- you never want to see that happen, especially this time of year, especially the story with Gary Payton of him getting here. It, it's remarkable, and, and Steve Kerr's pointed it out many times over the last week about him getting to this point in his career. So it, it's really unfortunate and it's terrible. And, and it kind of changes the series a little bit now for Golden State, which makes game three interesting. How does Golden State change with what they're doing with their lineup? How do they change with what they're doing guarding John Morant? And then the Grizzlies without Dylan Brooks and, and Steven Adams coming back, that's a lot of change too. So I, it's, it's, it's much different going into game three than what we saw in games one and two so far. And I think it makes it pretty interesting for tonight. But I, I still expect... I expect this series to go the way that we've seen games one and two go. I, I think it's going to be close games. Um, the team that can execute the best down the stretch can win the games, and it could go either way. So uh, I think it's fascinating. It's been a lot of fun to watch and, and looking forward to it. And I know it's going to be it's going to be heated at Golden State, especially in game four when Dylan Brooks is back in the lineup. I know he's going to hear it. So um, it's going to be fun, man. That's what the playoffs are all about. It's, it's, it's about – great competition it's about putting it all on the line and uh and having you know great games and that's what we've gotten so far through the first two rob fisher's part of the memphis grizzlies broadcast crew he joins us here on 95 7 the game grizz and warriors do battle in game three from chase center we'll have it for you here on 95 7 the game dubs coverage all the way through pregame at four we'll tip it off at 5 30 rob for the grizzlies organization this is their, their, their next best chance. They've had chances in their recent past. Their next best chance to kind of move into the upper echelon of teams in the Western Conference. What's at stake for the Grizzlies organization? An owner who, by the way, made his money on the peninsula here in Northern California. He's a very smart guy in technology. Uh, they were very advanced in their uh, analytics as an organization. Uh, but they're the little train that could, right? The Sacramentos of the world, the Phoenixes, the Memphises, they're always looked at differently than the major market teams are. What's at stake right. for the Grizzlies in moving up in the echelon? Is, is there more than just winning a series, but is it gaining uh, um, national acclaim and success with a win over Golden State here? Well, 
I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's all at stake with this series. I, I, I think the Grizzlies this season, you know, uh, the expectation wasn't to be the second best team in the league. The expectation was to be top six and, and to be out of the play-in game. In fact, my my goals for the season for the Grizzlies were to win the division, which which they did. Because I think if you win the division, not that divisions matter, but if you win the division, you're going to probably be top six. And, and, and the Grizzlies were. Uh, to move all the way up to two, this was, a, this was a leap. This wasn't a next step. This was a leap for the Grizzlies. To win the first round series and to hopefully have a long series here with Golden State, I think that's enough. I, I, don't, I don't think a loss here to Golden State would necessarily be a disappointment for this season. I think it would just be a next step for the Memphis Grizzlies. If they can win this series, yeah, I, I think, yeah, it's a huge jump for the organization. And you're looking at going into next year as one of the favorites to win the NBA championship. I, to me, this season overall has been what I think the next step in the Grizzlies evolution and what is going to be a long, sustainable playoff run. Uh, you know, the last time the Grizzlies had a playoff run, it was seven, seven years with the grit and grind era. I think the excitement about this team is for how young they are. We're looking at another seven year run of playoff success. And to have the jump that you had this year makes you more excited about what's in store for next year. When John Morant's another year older and Jaron Jackson's another year older and Desmond Bain's another year older. I mean, I think the future of this team is exciting. People ask me all season if I thought the Grizzlies were a contender to win a championship this year. And I was really slow to say it, mainly because of like what Steph Curry said the last time these two teams played. Yeah, we're there, but we haven't been through it. Can you be a contender when you haven't been through it? You haven't been through that grind. You haven't been through the, the four series and what it takes to advance every single round. So it was hard for me to put the Grizzlies in that contender role. But when you finish second in the league, by default, you almost have to be considered a contender. But my answer was always, I don't know about contender just yet, but I do know if you ask me if the Grizzlies will contend for a championship in the next five years, my answer would quickly be yes. Yeah, no, Rob, I think that's a great point. I think it's very similar. You know, earlier we were talking today out here in the Bay Area is Buster Posey Day. And last last season, the the Giants went 107 wins for a franchise record. And all of a sudden they were a contender when we nobody really expected it. And you look at the lineup, you know, we don't have a, a John Morant type star, but same idea. You go from being ahead of schedule to, well, now you have those expectations. Couple more questions for you. Going back, just to put a bow on the uh, the Dylan Brooks saga. Is there any reason in particular when you talk about him coming back from Game Four and he's going to get booed until everybody loses their voice? Is there any particular <laughs> reason he hasn't come out and made a statement? Has he been advised not to? What's going on there? Uh, well, the the Grizzlies generally, um, if a player's out, they won't make them available. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine that. That's kind of the situation here. That's kind of been the rule of thumb, whether it's injury or whether it's suspension. If they're out, they don't speak. It, so I would, yeah. I would guess that would be the case. Now, I would imagine uh, tomorrow when the team practices, Dylan Brooks will prob- probably be made available. It'll be interesting to hear what he has to say. But um, I, I think that's why we haven't heard from Dylan Brooks is because he's not available to play. Gotcha. And I'm checking now. It doesn't look like – I can't tell – 
if he has a Twitter or not, but I guess it's probably safer to just go ahead and, you know, handle it the official way. I, I get I get confused now because, you know, John Morant, I mean, that guy tweets as much as he scores, so it's hard to keep up sometimes. I, I, I did want to ask you, uh, my, my last question here is this. I've been telling Dub Nation this, and I'm a bit worried here. I'm very confused because the eye test tells you so much. And I do think that this long layoff, because this is the premier matchup, this long layoff helps the Grizzlies, as you mentioned. Desmond Bain, he did not look right in game two. He is no longer on the injury report. You got to think that if you're a Grizzlies fan, so there's two things at play here. If you're a Warriors fan, you got to think Clay gets hot at some point. And if you're a Grizzlies fan, you got to, you got to think that Desmond Bain turns into what he has been this whole season and really was one of the main reasons you guys were able to, to beat the T wolves. What's going on with Desmond Bain? You know, I'm not really in the, the Memphis Grizzlies Twitter space. What's going on with him? Is he, is he, is he back? Is he, is he, is his back? Okay. He just did not, he looked stiff in game two. Yes, I, I mean he it, at times I have seen he, he was walking around like Gilbert Arenas when the Grizzlies had Gilbert Arenas at the end of his career, where it looked like one side of him was taller than the other side. That's yeah. that's, yeah, that's seriously. how Bain was walking off. That's how he was walking off the floor. He looked. He looked. I think you got everything you possibly could get out of Desmond Bain in Game Two, and it wasn't a lot, uh, but I think you got everything from him that you could get. I don't think it's a serious back injury. If it was, I think he'd be on the injured list. I think it's something that just kind of has been was bothering him. Uh, he was questionable for the last game. Then he took a charge uh, that he hit the floor really hard in the second quarter, had to go to the locker room, came back. He just wasn't himself. He was passing up shots. He needed this rest more than anybody. But I think the Grizzlies as a whole needed this rest. As I said, that short turnaround from the Minnesota series, I think game one was played a lot on adrenaline. I think game two was played a lot on just giving it everything we got left in the tank. And they needed this. John Morant said after game five against Minnesota, felt like there were knives sticking in his legs. Uh, He needs these days off, especially after the performance he had the other night. Desmond Bain definitely needed this time off. Steven Adams coming back from COVID. I'd expect him to be in the starting lineup tonight for the Grizzlies. He needed a couple of days of practice and to get back with the group and, and just get a, you know, acclimated again into the system. So I think it really benefits the Grizzlies. The, the Warriors maybe needed a few days to kind of figure out what they're going to do now going forward without GB2 and what they're going to do going forward trying to stop John Morant. But I think the Grizzlies really needed it just to feel better, to rest the bodies for a couple of days. So I think they'll come out with a lot of juice tonight, and uh, they should. There's no excuse uh, not to come out with a lot of energy for the Grizzlies tonight because of this time off. And Bain's been such a better road player than he's been a home player. I expect, you, you know, you, you said it, you expect, and I expect Clay to have a better, uh, a big game at some point. I, I expect the same from Desmond Bain. All right, you can gamble in Tennessee. Uh, would you gamble yeah. that the Grizz will get one of the two? I would, um, just because I think it's, it's, like I said, I think the games are going to be close. I, I think we're going to see right. a lot like we saw in the first two games, and, and that gives you a chance. If the Grizzlies are in position to, to get a win in either of the games in the fourth quarter, I think they're able to pull one out because they have the closer in John Morant, and, and he's been amazing closing games out. So, um, yeah, I, I think they can. I, I, man, I, I think this series is so good that I, I think Golden State could win both. I think the Grizzlies could come and steal both. 
So I'll go ahead and go right down the middle and say each team gets one in these uh, these two games. All right, Rob Fisher, he's part of the broadcast crew for the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, he's going to be working with my buddy. Say hi to Pete Pranica for him. Tell him Jim Cozumore says hi when he's seeing this afternoon. I will. Pete's a great guy. He's already tweeted out who the referees are going to be for this one. David Guthrie, Courtney Kirkland, and Trey Maddox. He's oh, always terrible. on it with the refs. They're terrible. Look on Twitter. They're terrible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's all you do is follow the uh, – he sends out those officials every game, and I swear, I don't think any of them are good, according to the responses that he gets on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they start guessing where the guy's from. Oh, he's from here. Does that mean that he's, he probably likes these okay. guys because yeah. he's from here? Yeah, that's exactly he it. Had, he, anyway. had, he had lunch in San Francisco once. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those things. Anyway, hey, thanks very much for joining us. Have a great series, and maybe we'll talk later on. If this thing goes seven, we'll probably do it again. Would love to. Thanks, guys. Anytime. Thanks, Rob. We'll see you. All right, that was a long one, but he had a lot to say. There was a lot to get into there. Um, I, I will tell you this. I know who's going to win tonight, and I will tell you in the next segment. And I, I don't know what people are looking at. i got to be honest with you. Um, this is, I think this is an easy call. I think tonight's game is an absolutely stinking easy call. So it uh, doesn't matter who's, who's suiting up, who's not suiting up, who's healthy, who's not healthy. And I will say this. Alan Styles. when I hear, you know, oh, they play Tuesday and they have all this time off, they get to rest. In the NHL, you play every other day. You play, you get a day off. You play, you get a travel day. You play, you get a day off. You play, you get a travel day. NBA's got to start tightening up these series, man. I am losing interest in some of these series. Is there any, was there any discussion as to why they did that in this way? Is it strictly because they wanted Warriors and the Grizzlies on Saturday? Um, I do think a lot of it in the NBA is they want to have two games every night as long as they can mm. because you own television that evening. You know, the first game will start, what is it, typically like a 6 or a 6.30 Eastern? No, no, 6.30 Central. I'm sorry. So like a 7 Eastern. So that would be for our time. They, get, they just own television for a night. You get back-to-back games going on, and that means you've got to spread it out after a while. Day one, you've got four games in each series and then four games in the other series. But after that first weekend, when you've got a full day of coverage and then you get to your Monday through Friday, my understanding has always been they want to spread it out and get two games a night. And that's why they've, they've done this. And they've got their two games today. And the Dubs are the ones who get the prime time. They're the big ticket item. And I got to think that that bodes well for the Golden State Warriors playing at home. Listen, let's continue our Warriors coverage because there's some other stuff we got to get into. And some of it's a little dangerous and it kind of dovetails on what we talked about with Draymond Green, and that's the reaction of fans, the villain aspect, but what the NBA is doing with it. That's all straight ahead, plus your calls, 888-957-9570. We'll read some of your texts on the Xfinity mobile text line at 888-957-9570. Styles and Co's till 4 on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.